As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Oh my goodness, it's Wednesday morning and the world's wide. What did you need? Oh, you knew and I love it. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. A beautiful network. It's Wednesday, May 11th. We're here in the Classic Factory. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Miller. Hello, J.E. Skeets. Hello, everybody. Tassie. We got our top shot hat boy rocking his Braves hat today. Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. The international man of mystery. Taking it to the TJ Maxx, maybe, with that polo today. (laughs) It's Lee Ellis. Friends. It is a Ralph Lauren polo, I think. Uh-huh. Ooh, Ooh, oh, wow. Definitely got this at TJ Maxx then. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, and over yonder, pushing down buttons, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't subscribed to No Dunks on YouTube, like the video, hit that little thumbs up, comment away in the stream team, and share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunks at theathletic.com. We might hit the beach at some point later this week. Definitely next week, so get those cues in. Check out yesterday's No Breaks episode with our guy, TK, and Graydon Gordian breaking down the Miami GP. What was the best part from this uh, podcast? Sell it. Couple, couple great parts were talking about all the new helmets that mm. we saw at the Miami Grand Prix. Yep. And also, we were talking about Lewis Hamilton thinks that uh, the moon landing was fake, but he also, like dropped a subtle flex that he was asked to go to space. <laughs> so I said to Graydon, would you do it? And he said back to me, fake the moon landing? <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that since, so I think that was the best part for me. Okay, okay well, go check out No Breaks. It's got its own YouTube feed, own podcast yeah, feed. He wouldn't. Graydon wouldn't fake the moon landing. No. no, no. Too much integrity. Mm. Way too much integrity. But he also wouldn't go to the moon, so... 
What? He said, I'm, I'm surprised. Earthbound only, baby. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> Earth is the planet for me. <laughs> all right, well, you can get all that and more over at No Breaks. Earth is the planet. Um, we, we, we're going to get into the games, of course. There were blowouts last night. Then we'll play some true or false. But we got some sad news from the NBA. Um, Hall of Fame center Bob Lanier, he died, uh, the NBA announced last night, uh, following a short illness. He was only 73 years old. Eight-time All-Star Lee he averaged mm. 20 and 10 in 14 seasons with the Pistons mostly for a whole decade there and then the Bucks at the end. By all accounts, this dude was a badass. Uh, and he was the 74 All-Star Game MVP and he was inducted into the Hall in 1992. He was a bucket, Bob. I think only James Harden and David Robinson as lefties have more buckets than him in NBA oh, wow. history. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, sad day for uh, Bob, his family, yep. and the NBA community. Yeah, our condolences to uh, Bob Lanier's family and friends out there. Okay, let's get into the games. Let's start with the Heat. Rolling past the 76ers, 120 to 85 was the score in Game Five. They take the 3-2 series lead. I had someone on Twitter saying the pivotal games turned into trivial mm. games, but they're pivotal nonetheless uh, for the Heat and, of course, the Suns, which we'll get to. But let's start. What do you think about Miami, uh, Philly? I think Game Fives from now on should be in a neutral venue. So they should have played <laughs> Phoenix and Dallas should have played in Miami last night, and Miami and Philadelphia should have played in Phoenix. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Why not? Why not? I mean, 30, 30 and a thirty-five point game here. So look, it's tough, but I am going to point to what I think is a bit of an issue here because first two games of the series stinkers. No Joel Embiid, Heat win easily. Right. Joel Embiid comes back. And it's not like he dominated to the point where it's like, oh, my God, that, this is what no, missed. Right. He played very, very well, but the Sixers played well. James Harden played really well. Yep. He really energized his team. So you go down there to Miami. You've won two in a row. Miami's offense has been struggling. Kyle Lowry's not there. Hey, this is a chance for us to really steal this series because <laughs> we can go home. We know we can beat this team at home. Let's go out there from the start, guys. Let's hit them hard. Let's go after it. Now, you also expect Miami, when they're back home, like, oh, we got our crowd, let's get some threes going early on. We, we weren't shooting the three ball well in Philadelphia. In Miami, they hit five in the first quarter. They get a 12-point lead. 12-point lead in the first quarter in the NBA game, that's nothing. That's basically a tie game. You're basically down 12 points. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't get under t- double digit. It got under double digit twice yeah. after that for one possession each time in the second quarter. To me... Where is your counterpunch if you're Philadelphia? Where is the like, okay, guys, first quarter, that's fine. The crowd, the momentum, the crowd that was there. It was there. (laughs) Um, But I just did not see any urgency, any desperation, any creativity, Mm -hmm. any sort of like, guys, what are we doing here? They were lifeless. Now, now you you can put this on Doc Rivers. He's going to keep some blame. But you don't need to motivate your players. If you're in the NBA and you're like, hey, we're in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference and we can get out of this series if we win tonight and go home and have a chance to win, that's not on the coach. doesn't have to say, guys, remember this. I just did (laughs) not see anybody really have that like – there's no way there is no way I'm going down without emptying the clip here tonight now in the end the 35 points whatever but it just never got to a point that I saw where I felt Philadelphia is even making a surge making a push making Mm -hmm. some sort of charge here where they're going to be so determined to not let this lead get away from them Um, now Doc Rivers offensively again creatively you go you expect James Harden to do stuff he wasn't really doing it so Try something else for a couple of possessions, even if it blows up in your face, because the predictability of it wasn't working, I didn't think. So I'm just more honestly completely disappointed in this sort of a display from Philadelphia because they tricked me. 
They tricked me in games three and four where I was like, they could steal it down there. They really could. If that they, if those three-pointers aren't falling from him. Now, Miami will hit 13 as well. It's not like they hit 25 threes and were just everyone was lighting up. Yeah, Struess was on fire at the beginning. Again, and that, again so, yeah. right, five in the first quarter, eight yeah. for the rest of the game. Yeah. So it was really Miami just had to sort of go down there, keep the scoreboard ticking over, and that's all they had to do. So, uh, uh, you know, 35-point blowout is hard to sort of analyze too deeply. I'm putting so much more of this on just Philadelphia's lack of seeming interest in trying to steal this series. What do you think? Yeah, super flat. <laughs> it's, so, it's surprising that they didn't fight back, I suppose. But, I don't know. We saw two games, obviously, in Game 5s here where uh, the team played really well at home, go on the road, and can't counterpunch whatsoever. Uh, they seem like they're comfortable going home for a Game 6 and trying it out where they just were, I suppose. Uh, you got to be a mentally tough team to be able to overcome that and uh, I think that's yeah, an issue with the Sixers. Mentally, physically, I think Joel Embiid, his his thumb is a problem as well. I know we're all talking about the face, but I think there was an incredible replay mm. that uh, the producer called up and said, let's see that rotation on Joel yeah. Embiid's jump shot again because it was a knuckleball from 16 feet. And I think the thumb is a bigger issue than the face. The face is more of a, uh, you know, a nuisance as you can see, he's taking it off. He's he's blowing every time he takes off that mask. He's he's angry about it, and he got a ball in the face. But I think the thumb is really affecting his shot. I went back and watched the tape. Do Joe Embiid's rotations happen like that? If his thumb is is injured, or isn't injured, I should say. No, I think I think the thumb is bothering him, and uh, that's an issue. But yeah, is he going to carry this team when they're? Yeah, just not altogether struggling on the road where the the home team really punches first. I I think the thing is with Joel, and I, I don't think he was doing this to uh, to maybe you know quiet some of the MVP chatter, maybe help out Nikola Jokic's MVP chances or his. You know, everybody was saying, oh, he's going to come out and destroy people. Maybe maybe he he doesn't like all the Twitter chatter, so he had a bad game, so Jokic <laughs> could look better. Uh, do you think oh, wow. that was the case? Uh, I think his thumb is, is definitely an, uh, a problem. But, yeah, I think yeah, the, the Sixers' effort level, game to game, is a bigger one. <laughs> he was expecting guys to show up, and that didn't happen. Yeah, what do you think of Barkley saying the reason Embiid's struggling is actually he's distressed over not winning MVP. <laughs> That's what was going on. Not the Come thumb, on, not Charles. the thumb, not the face, uh, you know, not fatigue. Uh, it was actually just really in his head about not winning MVP. That's what uh, the truckster was saying. I do think it's in his head, in his face <laughs> in particular. I think the injuries are definitely wearing on Embiid. Uh, the face injury even if it's just discomfort and him having to deal with the mask, because you're right, he's taking it off every single break in play. Mm. That's that's a problem. The thumb is a problem, especially if you're a little bit of a jump shooter like Embiid was. I guess he had a nice third quarter, five for six, had yeah. a little bit of the jumper going. He was trying. But, I mean, I, I don't totally disagree with Barkley. I think that the MVP was probably on Joel Embiid's mind. You heard his talk after the game talking about, I don't know what else I can do for the rest of my career. I'll never win MVP. <laughs> right. I guess I'll just try and win a championship. Right. I think it's a... I don't think it's the main reason, but I think that all of these things, all combined, led to Philadelphia having like probably their worst game of the season in their biggest game of the season. This is just a major dud uh, for Philadelphia, and also Miami was the complete opposite. Yeah. They played awesome. I thought they got back to moving the ball side to side. I thought their players were moving a lot more. Every time they caught the ball, there was zero hesitation. We're driving into the lane, touching paint, kicking it out for a three, or for another guy, going to 
to to start the whole system again and get back inside. They didn't even bring out a different defense. They're like, the fronting didn't work perfectly in Philadelphia, but we're going to stick with it and play it a little bit harder. And Philly had no idea how to get the ball inside to Embiid. They're just throwing the ball oh my 10 God. feet over his head out of bounds. Mm. So I don't know what it was. It felt like a lot of things were going against Philadelphia and they didn't have the fight to be able to straighten things out. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the the Sixers' inability to throw a post pass. They threw two away in the first six minutes of the game. Bad stuff. And one of them resulted in Embiid getting even more injured. Mm-hmm. He definitely tweaked his back, yeah. falling mm-hmm. into the crowd and grabbing on it. Like, you already got the thumb, you already got the face, now you got a little back. But they were throwing those passes at the weirdest angles. Like, they were not there. And bad just passes. Bad, bad passes. And that was just a part of them, just out of funk right away. Part of that, the Heat for sure getting locked in to start this game. But Philly, I mean, across the board, yeah. For whatever reason, why Embiid had a bad game, I think it's more probably because the injuries, less because he didn't win MVP, because he did say in the post-game interview, too, well, I've known for weeks that I wasn't winning this thing. Yeah, that's so. when he's tried to win the scoring title. Yeah, he yeah. Out, he, I'm not winning MVP. I'm going to try and score every point here. But he also said, I'm not mad. That's how you knew he was mad. Well, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but And then Doc, okay, you were saying, like, get a little creative. He did throw out a lineup that we rarely see from him. He went with Harden, Maxie, Milton, and Paul Reed, B-Ball Paul, and Embiid. Uh, and he actually got Spo to call a timeout. I think Spolster was like, what the hell is this lineup? What's he doing out here? But, yeah, again, Doc, he had Harden and Embiid on the bench for the first three minutes of the second quarter. A little strange. He's done it at times before, but this is a must-win game five. And, yeah, Embiid seems to have some fair excuses uh, for why he really had a bad game, mainly because of the injuries again. What's what's Harden's? What, you know, what's unfortunately even Maxi's or some of these supporting players? Is it just like they're picking up the vibes from their MVP-like guy in Embiid? Because they were just, they were equally as bad, I thought, across the board. Really, who played well? Yeah, no, no, nobody, fun. nobody. You could say played well, um, but but again, I think with James Harden in that fourth quarter, that was the James Harden we said. That's what Philadelphia traded for, but that guy just didn't show up at all in Miami. And I think that's when Maxi they get their cues from him. It's like, oh my god, look at Harden, look what he's doing out there. He is the leader, you know. While obviously with Joel Embiid there, but if the leader isn't leading, then the other guys are kind of like, oh, okay, I guess it's up to us. And uh, you can't really rely on a 21-year-old to go out there no. and, and be, be the guy who does it. So it's that, that, that's the thing that's disappointing for me. Like, Embiid, yes, he, and he, Deadman sort of whacked the ball into his face as well at one point. That mm-hmm. looked, oh, man, that, I felt that one just watching it. Yeah, because, I mean, he you know, His eyes are tearing. Yeah. yeah. He, as soon as he takes off that mask, not squint, just then. squinting. But, and the, yeah. yeah. It's, it's affecting him big time. It's yeah. It's 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 more you know nuisance than yeah a function of the way he's playing, but that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I, he's got a pain in the thumb and a pain in the back, and yeah, they're all adding up for sure. I thought uh, maybe some Twitter trolls would be uh, demanding that the ball is suspended for Game Six in Philadelphia. <laughs> Tech foul on the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Deadman. Um, but but that's the thing. Like you're watching this game, and and you just I just didn't feel like okay here they go. Look at them scrapping for the ball. Look at them diving into the you know stand. I mean, and B does it, but but nobody else did and uh that's why that's why it's hard i mean go, you know tobias harris like he had 12 points and three rebounds like isn't he at some point like i'm just gonna crash my way through <laughs> here and grab some rebounds throw some bodies around show some physicality instead it was like well we can't come back 12 points the first quarter no chance i couldn't uh, help but think of the brooklyn nets game on march 10th when mm. all the world knew that the brooklyn nets were gonna come hard at the sixers everybody knew the heat were gonna come hard at the sixers here in game five and they got blasted both times. Right. And I think that's uh, yeah, that's a, a sign of leadership. That's a sign of Harden not being able to perform under these 
these lights? Uh, is it them being comfortable that they're going home for game six? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Because we saw it in both series last night. The same thing yeah. happened. So it's I don't want to just put it on Harden and just put it on the Sixers. But, uh, yeah, you got to know when a team just won two games um, that the other team is going to come out strong, especially when, you know, they are the heat. Well, Doc was pleading. I think we got the uh, inside tracks, mm. tracks audio assist, whatever it's called. Uh, he was saying, like, they're doing everything faster than we are. And this was early in the game, and, like, no doubt they yep. were. Uh, everything was just more explosive, led by their guy and Jimmy Butler. He had an awesome game again. 23-9-6 after, what, the 40-burger he had the, the game before. I, I just keep thinking of the Draymond Green quote where he's like, there are 82-game players and then there are 16-game players. Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler is absolutely in the latter part of the group. Mainly because he misses a lot of regular season time. Like, you know, he's uh, always out for 20 or 30 games, it feels like. But holy crap, in playoff games, this guy, he does take it to the next level Mm -hmm. on both ends and tries to, you know, of course, like sort of leads his squad there. He's been incredible throughout this postseason, I would think. 53% from the field in this series. And he switched on to Maxi last night. And that's why Maxi did nothing. Two for 10. And he was just, it gave Jimmy the chance to kind of freelance, get in passing lanes. And then he was right there on the closeouts anytime Maxi would catch the ball. And it's like, Butler's strong enough. You know, Maxi might have the quickness advantage, but Butler's strong enough to get oh, yeah. in front of him and then kind of cut off the lane. So I thought that was smart by Spo to uh, to use your lockdown defender on their their most explosive player at this point. And I also kind of wonder just how much of game four was Harden getting lucky with those shots. He mm. shot six of ten from three. He could have easily gone two for ten in threes on shooting those shots. He was just knocking them down because he was on fire. So that maybe saved this uh, series. For the 76ers, they're going to need it again. It can't yeah. be like a Darren Williams sort of thing where he has one good game every two mm. weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Jimmy Butler for the for the playoffs, 28 points a game on the 53%, as you mentioned there, 7.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and 2.2 or two point two steals as yeah. well. So he, he definitely does decide, okay, now it's time he to He goes to playing. another level. Yeah. He does. Um, like, you, you get the flashes from Jimmy in the regular season, mm. but he, he doesn't at this point seem to, like, really care to do it every single night. And hasn't needed to a lot, for a lot mm. of the times with this really deep heat team. Uh, and uh, shutting down Tyrese Maxey was very important, and it brought me back to our conversation that we had on Friday's Beach Steppin'. Maxey, Brunson, or Poole, who you got? Which was a, a fun conversation because – Maxi is able to be the number two or three guy on mm-hmm. this team and not have the best defender on him. And I wonder what happens if he can't make these straight beelines to the rim, if you've got an incredible defender against him versus, you know, Jordan Poole, who can dance uh, a little bit more uh, with uh, those long levers, those those uh, crossovers that he's got. So that yeah. brought me back to that. Also, let's go to Inside Max Struess. Uh, that dude was on Your fire. doppelganger. Yeah, well, he was... Inside a, Max. <laughs> he, was, he was the uh, second-leading scorer for the, the Heat. Uh, and you could tell the Butler, you know, motivation, encouragement kind of trickled down to guys like Max, who's not usually an outwardly emotional guy, but he was yelling, he was screaming, and uh, he was you know, ready to fire away. And he took Duncan Robinson's spot because he's been a better Duncan Robinson. He can play defense. You can't pick on him as much as you can pick on Duncan Robinson and uh, yeah, that, that contract that they signed him to. And he was phenomenal he was, uh, in this game. Especially he was, in the first quarter. He, he boarded hard. You wouldn't think a guy like Max Struess would be defending and boarding. He had 10 boards in this game uh, to go along with his 19 points. It's leading the team in, in rebounds, this dude. And Butler had nine. Uh, so, yeah, they were... They were ready. Yep. They were ready. Uh, Duncan Robinson did get into the game, though. Mm-hmm. About five seconds ago in the first quarter, Spoh goes to him. Though that substitution was mad confusing. Remember that one? 
Yes. It was like who the hell's in and who's off? Yeah, like yeah, there yeah. was, well, was it Robinson, Oladipo, yeah. Hero, wait, and they're like it, it took like two minutes. Yeah. Well, the Sixers called the referees out. So yeah. That's an illegal <laughs> sub. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just bring in Dunk. Just let him come in. He hasn't played. That's what people say when I put barbecue sauce on my sub at Subway. Oh. That's an illegal sub. Uh, <laughs> legal <laughs> sub and sub. Beautiful barbecue sauce. Yeah. Mm, they actually yeah. got rid of it at the one uh, by me. Wow. Took barbecue sauce off the board. Matt, come well, on. What are, you, what are you doing? That's, That's a cry a for help. A fine sauce on a on a BLT a f- sub. What? Yeah. Yeah, insane. Why? That, that's that's weird. Where man. did you think it was? Where did you think it was normal for me to put it on? Uh, it like a chicken. I don't know. <laughs> okay, sure. Like a roasted chicken yeah. sub. BLT. Yeah, man. A BBQ BLT. <laughs> that's right. This that's guy, too many letters. This guy hates mayonnaise so much. He'll put barbecue get, sauce on get a BLT. Get out of here, man. Throw an avocado on there instead but of I your mayonnaise. I can't believe they life. got rid of it. Like, no, what I can't. Sauce. Barbecue sauce for me goes on everything. <laughs> There's nothing that I would say no. Wouldn't do it. I'd throw it on. Everything. Well, we know you like it on your eggs. So absolutely. On your tasteless eggs. That makes sense. You gotta throw a barbecue. Yeah. Oh, I guess we're not being sponsored by him this week, are we? <laughs> uh, But Duncan did play. Uh, he got a little bit of a chance there. Sort of, uh, you know, it got some more burn as it turned into a blow. But he played like five-minute stretch there, really, in the second quarter. He missed. He didn't do a whole lot. He missed a three, I remember. But I also don't remember him, like, getting exposed at all defensively. It's not like a... Philly was seeking him out or trying to put him in all, into all that action. And when he was, he sort of held his own. Um, just random notes. Anything else from this one? Uh, DJ Khaled. Yeah, he had a big night. <laughs> Pretend. Yeah. So ball like finds its way over yeah. to him. He's that he was like a kid at a baseball game yeah, looking bro. for the foul ball. He when, wanted when, that ball. When he realized the ball was coming, he after he picked his face up from his phone. He was deep in the phone, deep in the phone. Oh, the ball's beside oh, me. Oh, I'm getting that. And yeah. he stole it from a guy. Yeah, he, like it was under a seat or something. He gets it. And then, you know, so he's happy. He's got it. And then I guess sort of looked like he was pretended to check in. Yeah, well, you've got to. Are you going to do the Carmelo where you, where you got to pretend? <laughs> I think he's got that sort of, you know, power in Miami. You know, blow sure, out like yeah, this where they're like, yeah, have some fun. Why not? You know? Well, and then when he fake checks in on his way walking back, he gives uh, Spo the old little back rub oh, yeah. like we saw Drake do with Nick yeah. Nurse before. Yeah, Wasn't there outrage when Drake did that? I mean, people like, you can't uh, yeah. touch the coach. Yeah, there was a little know? bit. So there didn't seem that like people were like oh that's funny I think it's funny I don't think it's crazy but you know, Eric Spolstra was like super happy yeah, he's yeah, like I've chatted it up before but that was our best interaction it was very genuine yeah. very cool yeah. did DJ Khaled really order DoorDash I saw that going around as well what? and there's a clip of like no. somebody showing up with a bunch of <laughs> it looks like takeout bags but I mean he was on his phone yeah, he was, was on his phone he, a lot was he placing an order Getting that BBQ BLT, come bring it on down to the FTX mm. Arena. They, they did. I wouldn't be crazy, surprised. Man. Yeah, I think um, they went back to him. They showed him a couple times, of course, and especially where he sits. You're always seeing him there. But uh, after this whole incident, it was like a felt like a minute or two later. They showed him again, and DJ Khaled was showing his family. Mm-hmm. His phone. He had to have been showing them, right? Like, look at this. I'm on Bleacher Report. Or oh, yeah. this is going viral. Like, right? Had to. He probably, seemed very happy probably. about it. Yeah, I think they showed him on... Uh, he's showing his family on, that he was on the broadcast. Exactly. I yeah. imagine because yeah. I, he put it up. Because... Yeah, I don't follow DJ Khaled, no. but I said, all right, I might as well check out what he put up, and uh, that man put us puts up a lot of things. Yeah, he's oh. the Snapchat guy, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> isn't that, isn't I don't that know. where he was? I wasn't going that's there. That's where he, he built his yeah. social media brand, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 I went on IG. He posted like five posts in his feed yesterday. Uh. About just sitting courtside? <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Also, his fit. Okay, you yeah, know, his yeah. pink salmon shirt matching his salmon shoes. <laughs> uh, he posts a lot, like our friend Mo Vernon. 
I would say. Like oh. That many posts. That many? You, like when you so see many. it at the top and it's like little tiny little No, but in the feed. In the feed, not the stories. Oh, in the feed. Yeah. Not stories? Yeah, found in the feed. Oh, that's too much. I know, but pick Pick one or two for the feed. Then eat your heart out when it comes to the story. I guess that's right. I guess I guess his his origin comes from Snapchat. Well, yeah. Yeah. His origin story is on the zone, yeah. My only other note actually just back to the game for one second because i did want to point it out good 40 minutes from uh the the two heat bench players in tyler hero and victor oladipo i thought hero especially like he had that you know it wasn't close but sixers were hanging around Mm. and then he sort of blew the game open and oladipo five for ten uh you know 13 points there's both of those guys positives again it's a bit of blowout some of that's a little bit of garbage time but um yeah they those are they need those contributions to wrap up this series be nice if some of those guys travel to Philly and play like that uh, on the road. And then moving forward in a, in a series against the Bucs or the Celtics, or obviously if they get to the finals, you're going to need Hero and Oladipo, uh, especially Hero, I think, having these these games where he, we know he can sort of break out and score. You know, he had 10 last night, but he can score, obviously, 20 easily. He's definitely their X factor, yeah. especially considering Lowry's injury and how bad yeah. he looked when he was actually playing. So anything they get from Hero is is much needed from a perimeter standpoint. And I'm impressed with Oladipo, man. Mm-hmm. I was not yeah. expecting anything at all from this guy come playoff time. But at the very least, he looks like a reliable sort of different option, a little bit more of a driver yep. uh, than the just chuckers that the Heat usually run out on the perimeter. So... He's done a lot better than I was expecting, no doubt. Any other notes on Mm-mm. the Heat's Game 5? I was happy with this game because I got to watch a little playoff hockey <laughs> last night. <laughs> Dipped out in the fourth quarter, turned on Lightning Leafs, saw two goals in like five minutes. This oh. was amazing. Yeah, the game has changed. Yeah, <laughs> a lot McDonough, of goals big slapper. Big Who? slapper. Who's dapper. that? Uh, McDonough. McDonough. <laughs> yeah, from the Lightning. Okay. Yeah, he he ripped it. I think it was it was either 83 or 88 miles an hour. I couldn't really tell. Oh, <laughs> well, it shows you on the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, when you hit it that hard. But the lead was short-lived for Tampa Bay. Yeah, they were up 2-0, right? Yeah, Austin Matthews led the league in scoring this year. 60 yeah. goals. 60. Yeah. Hasn't been done in a while. Got on track last night. Hooked him up. Nice goal by him. Nice, <laughs> nice hockey. Real nice hockey. That was a pivotal game. So the Leafs won 5-4 in game. the end? Is that what it was? 4-3. Four, four, three. Three. Yeah. Four, three. Four, three. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. very bad when they have the lead in series. Yeah. Uh-oh. I've heard. So expect it to go seven. Oh, boy. Okay. okay. But game it'll seven, be baby. back in Toronto. Well, I was wrong. I, I said to bet against the Maple Laughs last night on yesterday's show. but It's a new era. Yeah. What a comeback. Apparently... That place was bumping last night. <laughs> I think, uh, who was there? Was it Gourmet Spud or um, Mr. Butter Chicken? Or was it? <laughs> I think it was the Spud, uh, not the Spud. Bud. Okay. Spud yeah. was there. Yeah. Good Said it was a great crowd. Always worry that the suits have taken over, but, you know, yep. I guess not. <laughs> not yeah, that. Uh, what did you think about the heat crowd? I know you always have that thoughts. That got better. Got better. Okay. You've <laughs> called, you called them out and they've, they've stepped up Well, he was calling them out too on the, on the tweets. Well, so you must have got some hate. I just <laughs> presented a, 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 a with, without context screenshot <laughs> yeah. from early in the game. Oh, yeah. Come yeah. On. And no, yeah. Yeah, no comment. Not trying not to. Really, not. not really. Not really. No, because I... 732 tip. I also just, just added Tasso. I didn't want the whole general sort of Twitter. I thought just in case, I'd just go at a Tasso. Uh-huh. I, who knows exactly how the algorithm works, but I know that... Predominantly, it's sort of just an interaction between right, Tass right. and I and Al. Did you followers. retweet it or did you comment back? We, we commented like back okay. and forth. Yeah, yeah there, there, was, there was uh, there were some empty seats, but they filled out. No, okay. they did. They uh, did. Uh, Commissioner Silver was in one of those seats, mm. along with Ahmad Rashad, his oh, main man. Yeah. <laughs> so he's yes, 
yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I saw during one of the ad breaks on this day in history, and Ahmad Rashad was interviewing Magic Johnson as well. So, oh, big cool. day for Ahmad. Yeah, very nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to Devin Booker scoring 28 as the Suns crush the Mavericks. 110-80, yeah, 30-point victory here. They got the 3-2 lead. This one goes back to Dallas. Trey, where do you want to start? Crushed them. This is the barn burner of the night. <laughs> Only 30 points? Yeah. This was actually kind of surprising to me that it turned into a blowout oh close through the first half. Looked like we had ourselves a game because the Mavs hit six threes. The Suns had only hit four. Dallas only turned the ball over twice in the first half, and the donk was cooking 18 yep. in the first half. Mm. We might be looking at an actual pivotal game five here, but nope. Huge third quarter for the Suns. They outscored Dallas 33-14, to and it was Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton who really led the way. Booker had 12 in the third. He hit three threes. Ayton went four or five from the field, scoring eight points. They scored Phoenix's first 14 points of the third quarter as part of a 19-4 to run that really turned the tide. They scored 17 straight at one point, and it was just meltdown mode for the Mavericks. The defense was so much better for Phoenix. 12 turnovers in the third quarter for Dallas. They only made six shots. And that was pretty much the game. Yeah. Fourth quarter was garbage time, except for a super random near fight <laughs> between yeah. Bismack Biombo and Marquise Chris, because Biombo caught a lob up 28 with about nine seconds left. And Marquise Chris said, not in the arena that I built. <laughs> they had to throw down. And shout out to Reggie Miller, instantly calling out Rick Fox versus Doug Christie from 25 years ago. <laughs> a preseason ago. game. A preseason <laughs> fight, and it's a wild fight. Worth looking up for yeah. sure. But, uh, yeah, Booker was awesome. 28 points. He really took over there in the third quarter. Eight and was solid again. 20 and nine. He had three offensive rebounds. And the Suns bench, I thought, was really good as well. Cam Johnson had 14. And then Monty Williams dusted off Biombo instead of playing JaVale McGee. Biombo, good minutes. I think he was like 7.7 mm-hmm. boards or something yep. like that. Yep. And Landry Shamit yep. uh, was really good as well, kind of being a tertiary ball handler, if you will, after the primary and secondary. Shout out to <laughs> Math. Nice stuff for Phoenix. Home court advantage. It's a good thing. Yeah. Monty Williams, instead of going with campaign, he mm-hmm. gave those really minutes to Shamit, who had eight points, four assists in 19 minutes, but campaign had played brutal in Dallas and... He was relegated to the bench, really, uh, at a, sort of out of the rotation, at least in Game 5. I think I jinxed this, jinx this game because we had talked about it. What's the strategy for watching these late-night games? A lot of us, myself included, with most of them, watch the first half of that late mm. game. And, you know, then the eyes get heavy. I'll really lock in in the morning when I watch the second half. But I, last night, because Luca, mainly because of Luca. He was hitting some crazy shots in the first mm-hmm. yeah. uh, half, telling the crowd. He kept doing this to the crowd. <laughs> Ooh, you relax, you relax. And I'm like, this is this is it. This is going to be the Luka 45-point game here. Because what did he have in the first? I think it's 17 or something yeah. like that. You know, he was just hitting some crazy shots. And it was a close game. Like, Trey just broke down. And I was like, nope, I'm staying up. This is a pivotal game five. <laughs> mm. uh, this could be a special Luka game. I got to be live for this one. And then the third quarter happened, and the Suns just cranked up the defense, and the and the Mavs were helping them out with just like interesting shot selection. Tried to go for some home run shots, Luca included, and it was over in a hurry. It's uh, one of those rare scenarios where you say, "Okay, we're gonna let their star go off and take every take out everybody else," yeah. but the star also has a bad night. He started off well, uh, and he ended with twenty eight, but. If you're going to take away everybody else, which they did a really good job of, and they were, you know, uh, showing those doubles and, and coming back to those guys so really nicely, I think that threw Luke off. I think that was a, a nice touch by Monty Williams, but, but more so the guys were just executing a little bit better in that second half. And then everybody else, yeah, was, was terrible, so much so that they turned it over 12 times in that third quarter. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a hell of a lot of turnovers for one quarter. Yeah. And, uh, and the assists were 
non-existent. You know, nine assists in, in the entire game is a, a number that doesn't happen very yeah. often. I think it was only the second time this whole entire season where a team was single digits, and that was because the Suns were so good at showing, getting back, and they were just really, really on point. A very different start to this game than uh, the Heat game where, yeah, the home team didn't get out to a good start. They were down 15-9. But the Mavs just, yeah, kind of whittled it away a little bit. A couple shot clock violations in that first quarter. So I don't know if that was just a bad recipe where they got off to a bad start and then then the Suns woke the hell up. But uh, the third quarter was really where it it turned. (laughs) I mean, it was, yeah, it was... uh, a three-point game at half, and then disgusting uh, third quarter. I'm sorry you had to stay up because that was, uh, uh, yeah, just such a bad, bad mix where both both parts. If if everybody else is gonna have a bad game, Luca should go off, and yeah, he's had a great first half, but the second half, yikes. They they made a great call, Trey. You said it, like because we talked about it after game four. It's like you they're doing this weird thing, like where they're coming to help on Luca, but they're not committing all the way, and then so then Luca's just kicking it out to these guys, mainly in the corners, and then they can't get back in enough time, and they're like, screw that. Like, we're fine if Chris, if Chris Paul just sort of playing Luca one-on-one. We'll live with that. Just take away all these corner threes. Take away all these shooters, shooters DFS, and Bullock. Wait, am I saying it I know, I know, I know. But Spiro said that in the first round, the Bullock. Bullock, and, yeah. yes. And now Kevin Harlan's saying as well. Yeah. Kevin Harlan was pissed that he's. I've been saying it wrong for yeah. eight years. Yeah, Bullock yeah. is how he was saying, but Bullock. Anyway, take away <laughs> yeah. these guys, uh, and that's that. I really, I think, is the move uh, against this Mavericks team who need all these guys hitting these threes, and they they really committed to it. I thought because there was a lot of time Luca was just on Chris Paul. He scored at times. Mm. He got the best of them, but I think they're happy with the math on that. They're like, all they right, make him work. Make the you know Chris Paul's not a bad defender. He's a strong guy. He can obviously go into the odd offensive foul. That's fine. We'll live with our our, our guys playing him one on one for the most part, just as long as we stay at home on the shooters. And then and Aiton was big in this game too. Which he was great. Good. Yeah, he was great. And the the little tinker of having Bismack Biombo as the backup center. Uh, he's just been extremely solid instead of Javale yeah. McGee. Uh, but. I think you got to block this defense in. This is the way you got to play it uh, because Reggie Bullock was over. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith didn't have a great game. Uh, the shooters were taken away. I think you, they just did a, a better job of, of getting back to those guys. Yeah, I mean, because th- then it's only on this Mavs team. It's Luka, of course, and then it's Brunson, Brunson to some who extent. Who had a decent game. Who had a decent game, but no one else can create. No. At all. I mean, you, you're laughing if you're like, they're putting it on the ground. You're like, okay, go nuts. So... It's the right move, and I love the coaching changes there from Monty Williams. And uh, Booker, you said in the third quarter, I thought he was also great in the first quarter, which he always is, it feels like, but matching sort of Luka in, in shot-making. So. Yeah, great and the, uh, the Suns outscored the Mavs 44-24 to in the paint, and I thought that the key was here, it doesn't have to just be Aiton. Everyone should just attack the paint because they don't, don't have that rim protection there and really step, you know, put your foot on their throat where it's like just keep on scoring in that third quarter. A lot of that, I think they only had three threes in that quarter. Everything else was just inside. Yeah pounding Dallas where they don't really Hel- have- helped out with all the turnovers and scoring sure. in transition yeah and you're yeah. just getting out and just like yeah. uh, like executing like that but but the other guys I mean between Finney Smith Block however we're saying his name <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, who else was I think of there uh, Brunson well Dinwiddie uh, yeah sorry Brunson yeah, <gasps> yeah. Um, I remember Spencer Dinwiddie yeah. but Finney, Block and Brunson only got up nine threes yeah, between them. yeah you know, Block I mean. got up 12 in game four <laughs> uh, no, it's crazy we- or was that Finney Smith <laughs> I- who knows yeah, yeah, I think we've been saying it right the whole time we never said Bullock. We said Bullock, which is how it's written on Basketball Reference, which is how he came into the NBA saying it. But they're going harder on the lock, lock now. Yeah. The lock. Yeah. I think it's just Bullock. 
Well, mm. basketball like, reference fast. I'm not sure I can agree that I've said it that way. <laughs> I definitely said Bullock. Mm. I think. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I know I have. And so I guess Harlan has too. Yeah. It's just, well, yeah. I thought I thought Spiro was getting it wrong, but maybe Spiro was right. Yeah, it sounded strange come hearing it. Yeah. Uh, for us basketball nerds, just for a guy to be so far into his career. And to have the name switch, it just feels weird. <laughs> Nemanja Bialica is another one. I thought it was Nemanja yeah, forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one thing when it's the first name, which you don't have to really say. It's another thing when it's the last name on the jersey. Yeah. I mean, why don't we just call him Reggie? That's a great name. Because I guess we had another famous taken. Reggie. Yeah. 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 Gone. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, anyway, you, you, you lack uh, in the talent, and then you lack in the effort. That's a bad combination because they got beat everywhere. Offensive boards, you have the second chance points, the fast break points, everything. Yeah. So the the effort was also a problem. What do you like the Mavs' chances though to still get this to seven? And if so, what changes could we see Kid do in Game Six? Well, I, I honestly, it's just getting these guys firing away. I think that's that's what it is. I mean, they got up thirty two. I think they only had thirty nine in Game Four there, but they just hit so many more of them, and that then makes that defense scramble a little bit because like you got to get out to these guys, but. It just wasn't happening there. He hasn't got many options. I mean, he's going to start Powell again, I guess, because he's done that the well, whole time. Well, he may not. Maybe I mean, maybe he goes with Maxi. Maybe he goes with Maxi. Um, but uh, th- he doesn't have tons. I mean, no. He he need th- they win when those role players are hitting those threes, and so they need them to do that in uh, in game six, yes. which it will be now. But yeah, I mean, sure, they, they they can certainly drag it out to seven, but they. Obviously, you have to be much better, much more locked in in uh, Phoenix if they're going to win this. Yeah, and it's sort of funny with this game. We thought uh, one of the storylines would be, well, Chris Paul, there's no way he has three bad games in a row after those two brutal games in Dallas. He played fine. He played fine. In game five, but it, he was not the story by any means. Right? No, but I think that the fact that he didn't get in foul trouble allowed him to play hard on defense. Yeah. Because I thought that, that changed uh, the way game four was played. But there is a good chance we get a, a seven-game series because even though it was a thirty-point blowout, we had we had two of them yesterday. Yep. I want to give you a stat here. Okay, a team has never lost a series when they win Game Five by thirty-plus points in a series that's tied two-two. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So you think a series that's tied two-two, you don't have a lot of thirty-point blowouts, and you sure. don't. You don't throughout right. history. Uh, there's now only been. Can you guess how many there's been? Now there's an additional two. Five. Uh, yeah, now there's 12. There's, there's okay. the, the team that uh, won that game five by 30 plus points before the season is 10 and 0 in the series. So LeBron did that to the Raptors, didn't he? I think. Uh, How dare you? Oh, in, in that one? Yeah, that's probably that's probably one where they kept on going home, 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 home. Yeah, I think it was conference final, the only conference yeah, final that they played. It was like two two, and there was some buzz that maybe the Raptors had got it, and that was the LeBron. I never worried that we were in trouble. Right, right, right. Smash. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think Sixers Raptors as well, right? Uh, like a game five, Sixers got blown out. 2019. Came back in one game six and then game seven. Bounce, 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 mm. bounce. Well, it's quite possible uh, because ten of the, we've had ten of those series and four of them have gone to a game seven despite okay. that big that big blowout. So we could have a couple game seven. Which here. one do you think is more likely to go seven of these two from last night? The two blowouts. The Mavs series. You do? Yeah. You think? Uh, yeah, I think just the, the way Sixers, they played in the Dallas. Sixers is... one, uh, the Sixers, I think there's a little emotional and a physical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A uh, bit of a deficit there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think home court helps with these guys, as as we said, with Dorian Finney-Smith, the guys who are firing away. I think that really helps, mm-hmm. you know, being on that home for, floor. We should see them firing from tip on Thursday. Thursday night, yep, every uh, second night with most of these series now. Okay, any other thoughts on uh, the Mavericks getting crushed here by the Suns? 
great, great performance from uh, the number one seeds last night. Really looking like those number one mm. seeds. Okay, well, so what are you gonna do tonight? What do you mean? Are you standing up for the second half of the second game? We'll see. We'll play a you know see what I'm getting from that first half. Uh, probably unlikely because I'm not loving the chances of the Grizzlies without John Moran. Right. To uh, maybe even stay alive, but hey, you never know. Maybe Desmond Bean's coming through in the first half. You never know. Uh, save it. Save, save it, it for B block. That's Slightly, exactly right. Save it for B block. Yeah. Slightly earlier game too. Slightly earlier game. Oh, I like if you want to talk minutes. Nine thirty. <laughs> well, that Sixers Heat game was over in like uh, twelve minutes. Well, it was, <laughs> but it, it was starting to wrap up at like quarter to ten, and you know, it's tipped like I said at like uh, after yeah. seven thirty. That's a yeah, it that was is a quick a game, half. playoff game for mm. sure. Uh, wasn't a whole lot of video reviews. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Nah, I was like James Harden. I was in the shower early last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got uh, I've got some more, um, you know, extracurricular, uh, I guess, uh, fun from that Heat game a little bit later in Tweet of the Night. Too. Nice. Yeah. It actually involved – you somehow get involved in it. All right. I don't know. Are you sure you know? But, uh... I'd love to be involved. All right. Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, true or false, it's been so long. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back in the Classic Factory. You ever take a second to think how many sports podcasts there are? <laughs> not enough. Not enough? You think there should be more? <laughs> Get a few more out there. I Why agree. not? Why not? Well, it's really crazy when you think, like, when we started a sports podcast, there was, like, four. Maybe five. <laughs> one, one for each major sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. But now there's thousands, if not millions, of sports podcasts. There's a lot of team podcasts, and I don't want yeah. to correct you, but there was way more than... Four. Was that a joke? It was an exaggeration. <laughs> I don't in know, the form I of a joke. Know. I live on Twitter. I don't know what's a joke or what's real. I can't tell. Oh, you can't make jokes anymore. Yeah. Heard that on a sports podcast, actually. <laughs> uh, speaking of sports, you see a guy hit a lefty home run in his first ever lefty yeah. at bat last night, Tessie. Wow. Anthony no. Rendon. It was a no-hitter for the Los Angeles Angels. They brought a, the other team <laughs> brought in a position player late oh, in the God. game, like in the eighth inning. So Rendon decided to bat left-handed, cranked a homer. Wow. Amazing. I don't know why there that are a million amazing. sports podcasts when we do all the sports hey. right here on this one podcast. If you get two basketball games that have a 65-point margin of victory, mm. yeah. you're getting some other sports sure. in your basketball. Hey, you want to talk a little bit about the NBL? Ah, shout out to the Sydney Kings. Hey, Kingsers. I beat the Jack Jumpers. Oh, 
Yeah, they did. Jacked them. Yeah. In, the, uh, in the final. In the final. It's all, all right. over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, I believe uh, Sydney Kings head coach is R.C. Buford, his son, Chase. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, See? R.C.'s out there. There you go. See? You got a sp- any other sports? Yeah, another sport? Mm. I think we ran out of the sports. We talked about the horses. We about the horses. We didn't talk about the horses. We got a polo shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> oh, that was race of the century or something, wasn't it? That was <laughs> something like uh, that. That, that yeah. overhead camera angle. God, that uh, was yeah. amazing. Cool. I thought that's we did cool. talk about this. Oh, maybe I did on the weekend shift. Yeah, that's yeah. what happened. I slipped it. Don't worry, guys. I talked horse racing <laughs> okay, on the good. weekend shift. Uh, shout out to Rich Strike. Oh, yeah, I said because I was pissed. My favorite number, 21. If we were at the track, if we were at the Derby, I would have been putting a little bit of money mm. on my favorite number. 80 to 1 long shot, but come on. Put he 10 was, bucks he wasn't even part of the race, though, until the day before. Oh. So but, but, you'd, I mean, you'd be like, I'm not, I'm not going up to the rich strike. <laughs> come on, I would You were going happy jack. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> the happy jack jumpers? <laughs> we take all the Sad sports jacks. and we oh, turn yeah. it into one. How the hell was that horse prepared? <laughs> if he was just told the day before, hey, you're going in this race, horse. Gamer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when the lights are brightest, Rich Strike is fastest. It doesn't. It turns out the horse doesn't have much say in the matter. <laughs> uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, I'm running on this track. I thought I was going to run on another track. Still running." Yeah, <laughs> horses really want to be horse. there. They're just, uh, they just get a guy on the back or a woman on the back, and, and off they go. Congrats to Rich Strike. Uh, okay, let's play true or false. Yeah. How did this get made? Same music. <laughs> it really blows my mind every time I hear this music. It's been a while since we've had true or false. Uh, okay, first one. John Morant. He's got a bone bruise in his right knee. He's considered doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs, let alone tonight's game. So Memphis will be without its star point guard for uh, the second straight game as the Grizzlies try to avoid elimination against the Warriors in game five tonight. So Trey, get us started. True or false? I'm going to word it like this. The Grizzlies don't stand a chance without John Morant tonight. False. They stand a chance. I just don't think it's going to happen. They stand a chance, however. The Grizzlies have been competitive in every game of this series, except for Game 3, which was a blowout, because their style is just kind of tough for the Warriors with the physicality that Memphis brings. Uh, They were able to get away with playing Steven Adams a little bit in Game 4, so the size is there. And then the Warriors have notoriously been a sloppy team, turnover-wise, and the Grizzlies can capitalize on that kind of thing. So they've done a really good job of keeping things grimy and just keeping it close. However, the only game that the Grizz have won so far in this series, John Morant had 47 points and scored the last 15 of the game. It's been fourth quarter execution that has really been the difference in this series, which is kind of no surprise considering the Grizzlies. This is, you know, their second playoff appearance, but their first real run here in the postseason. And obviously the Warriors have a lot of championship pedigree uh, in their background. So between Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. being really streaky and Bain being hobbled and not having the kind of series that we saw or the kind of performance that we've seen throughout the season from this guy, it's really tough uh, for the Grizzlies to find reliable offense in the fourth quarter. So I'm expecting a close one, but I'm also expecting the Warriors to pull mm. it out. So you think the Grizzlies could pull it off as long as it's not close, maybe? They missed yes, yes. John Morant scoring big yeah, time, in the, big especially time. in game four where they missed a lot of shots in the final couple of minutes. And mm-hmm. he's been, I think, one of the best clutch time scoring guys in the postseason. I think he maybe is the best with 42 points, according to ESPN stats and info. Mm. Um, so same question, true or false? They, uh, you know, 
they just have no chance of winning this without uh, John Moran. Same answer, false. They have a chance, okay. for sure. Okay. I, and, and I think the Grindhouse is one of the greatest home court advantages in the playoffs. Those fans get into it from the start. True. The Grizzlies know the season, it could be over tonight. So I think they are going to fight and scrap for everything. I think get the ball in Tyus Jones' hands a little bit more. I think he's a bit more of a steadier point guard. Dylan Brooks, if you can just keep the uh, shot selection to uh, something a little bit more reasonable, because I do like the uh, intensity that he brings. You know, on the defensive end, sure. he, is, he is a scrapper, he's a fighter, but you've just got to channel that in the right way and not let it be distracting or hurtful to your team, like when he gets ejected three minutes into a game. So they've got some things. I think Jaron Jackson and you know these younger guys, Bain, they know, like, leave it all out on the floor. I don't think there's going to be any effort issue out there right. from the you don't Grizzlies. Think roll over and die. No, not at all. I think it's going to come down to the execution. Uh, and then knowing that, like, like, hey, if we can keep it close, maybe we're a chance to pull it off. What do you think, Tass? I don't want to say this, but I think it's a blowout tonight. I just don't think the Warriors start the way they started uh, in game four there. They missed 16 straight threes to start the game. Yep. And uh, that's hard to do. And if some of those things fall, you know, if a Clay or a Curry, they just were off. Then I think this is a blowout. Because I think we're not talking enough about the Warriors' defense in this game. I know the the Grizzlies are the scrappier bunch, but the Warriors have brought it uh, in this series. They've mm-hmm. out-rebounded the team that should be out-rebounding them all four games, and the defense is going to be there. And it's just going to be up to this uh, this Grizzlies team to find enough creative shot-making. And, and I think the, the Warriors have done such a good job of stepping up to – Reduce those, uh, those those shot attempts at the end, or like to limit how open they are. Because you know we talked about Draymond Green doing a good job against Jaron Jackson Jr. I think Andrew Wiggins at the end of that game was phenomenal. Not only did he have that block on Bain where he was so locked in to also keep it in bounds, he's done that a couple times this series. The guy, that dude, is locked in. Uh, but also uh, you had. Uh, who was I going with? I don't know. I lost my train of thought. But anyway, oh, he did it. Sorry, he did it on Tyus Jones too. That that floater that we talked about. Wiggins yeah. bothered that floater, oh, yeah. uh, and and he, so he's locked in. And if Wiggins is that locked in, where you know he is he is steady. Andrew seventeen, 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 and sixteen in this series. Uh, I, I think that just shows that this team is uh, is clicking on another level, and I think they'll be uh, clicking a little bit more. You know, unlike what happened at the beginning. Again, 16 straight threes, it's only happened like a couple times in the last decade in the playoffs. So I, I think they'll be uh, they'll be ready, unfortunately, for the Grizzlies. It's been a great season. It's actually Wigans we've been pronouncing it wrong <laughs> the whole time. Uh, yeah, I, of, uh, course they, of, course, of course they have a chance, cause, especially because they're at home. Uh, I actually I don't like your um, advice for Dylan Brooks. Fire away, Dylan. <laughs> Fucking let it rip. Why yeah, not? we want this series over. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want one good, oh, one good Dylan Brooks game. Let it go, man. Uh, I imagine he has 45 tonight. <laughs> Eight for 11 45, from okay, easy. I think he'll be happy with 25 at this yeah. point on some I mean, efficient shots. shooting. Mm. Oh, shots. Well, yeah, we can get 45. Uh, all right, I do not like the Grizzlies. Uh, I, I would be picking the Warriors in this game, unfortunately, with no John Moran. Because uh, it'll probably be close, and yeah. They've struggled down the stretch. I, I'm interested to see if uh, Stephen Adams gets more minutes. Mm. I mean, he obviously started the game. He was pretty successful, at least in, in helping within the rebound department mm-hmm. mainly, and uh, obviously gives them a big body there and setting picks, maybe creating a little more space for some of these guys like Jones and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we'll see what he does. See if how, how many uh, minutes he can give him, or how much uh, Taylor Jenkins uh, even wants to. And does he? And if Brooks is doing what he did in Game Four. Does he move off of him and go with Melton or go with Williams or somebody else? Uh, we'll see if they can extend the series tonight. All right, let's talk about the other one tonight. It's pivotal. Oh, it's pivotal. Game five, Buck Celtics. 
Um, true or false? Whoever wins Game Five tonight wins this series. I'm gonna throw that on you, Tess. I think that's false. Uh, like we talked about with those other two-two series, whoever wins Game Five is not necessarily gonna win Game Six. It can go seven, no matter what. But I do think Boston wins tonight. I'm just taking a stab in the dark thinking that Tatum kind of found himself at the end of that game, and that's the important part. Al Horford got him there, there's no doubt, Mm -hmm. Uh, but Jason Tatum was in his head. He wasn't finding his shots. He was overpassing. Uh, He just was not himself. So at the end of the game when, uh, again, Al got them there and they shot 16 of 19 in that fourth quarter, that's a stat that still blows my mind. (laughs) To have a 40-plus point quarter against the Milwaukee Bucks, on their floor, I think they feel so confident, and they should feel like they've got the best scores in this in this series. I know Giannis, you know, quote unquote, is the best single scorer, but Al Horford ain't going anywhere. He is so locked in. He's playing so well this entire postseason. Now they've got Tatum looking like himself, and if he looks like himself, I, I, they should think that they've got you know a, a couple of the best scoring options in this game. And oh yeah, Jalen Brown's still on that team and has had a good game in this series. So I think that Bucks are running out of offensive options. Mm. Giannis was gassed at the end of that game. I, I think the Celtics are clicking, and uh, it could carry over here to uh, to Game 5. I think the Bucks want it to be ugly, but the Celtics, again, to be able to just miss three shots against a championship defense, they're feeling good. If Tatum carries it over, I think uh, they win this game. Is this the pivotal game, though, we've been looking for? You know, last night's pivotals, they were done. Not pivotal. This one... God, fingers crossed it <laughs> delivers, right? Um, and do you totally. think it's true that whoever wins could is more likely to win the series than not? Uh, I guess it's an 83% chance. How many times <laughs> have we seen that stat recently? Yeah. It's 80, high. Yeah, it's high. But this one seems like it could be a 17%er. Uh, I'm with Pass. I don't think it's a guarantee that whoever wins game five is going to lock it in here. Basically, what this series has come down to is Giannis has had two incredible performances. Where he was the best player on the court. Game one, he had the triple-double. Didn't shoot well from the field, but he dominated. And then uh, game three, he was incredible. Uh, those were Bucks wins. I think Giannis can certainly have two incredible games in the last two here. I would, I would be more inclined to think that Giannis has two great games than Al Horford has two Giannis games. So, Hal Horford has been awesome. He's been maybe the MVP of the Celtics in this series with his defense on Giannis and the way he's actually being able to produce offensively as well. But 60 points between him and Tatum in the last game, and it was still a pretty close game. So as long as Drew Holiday is able to have a normal, a decent game, 5 for 22 cannot happen again. If the Bucks can hit some threes, they're back in this. But this still feels like a seven-gamer. And game seven, who knows what happens. Yeah. Uh, what's the over-under for Al Horford points scored tonight? Huh. Or do you even set it? 17 and a half. Yeah. Take the over. Yeah, I was going to say around yeah. 16 or 17. Uh, obviously, 22 in game three, mm. 30 in game four. Uh, he's shooting lights out. He's hit nine threes over the last two games. So you're setting the line at 17 and a half. Yeah. And you're taking the over. I'm so taking another, the over. Yeah. No reason to see why Al Horford doesn't continue to knock down open threes, which yeah. we talked about. I mean, that's a bit of the Bucks' strategy, which sort of has to be almost when you're playing you know, Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's going to be left open, so it's been big out. And then what he's done defensively in the work on the boards, you love it. It's been incredible. Yeah. Been incredible. Uh, he's always been a solid vet, and it's good to see him now, still at this point of his career, delivering. You know, He was thrown to Oklahoma City and told to go home, and now he's like, i still got something in the tank. And he's showing it. So yeah. he's defending Giannis as well as anybody can as well physically, and uh, he's doing a great job there. So this is a fascinating series. I have no idea how it's going to end. I, who, who, even if, who wins tonight doesn't mean they're going to win the series either. So okay. I would love to see a Giannis-LeBron-type performance. Remember, what was that game 6, 2012, where he just like took over? I'd love to see something like that from Giannis tonight. But If that's 
to happen. I think somebody, like Horford did for Tatum, really, in Game 4, somebody has to sort of, on the box, be it one or two guys. they got to carry Giannis for the first part of the game. It can't be Giannis got to do everything from minute one, in my opinion, in, uh, to, to sort of win this game or maybe go on to win the series. He needs to have a little left in the tank come the third and fourth, mainly the fourth quarter, to then continue to play Giannis sort of bully ball and Euro step around everybody and just dominate the game. But somebody, be it Drew, be it Pat Connaughton, always plays well there in uh, Massachusetts, um, somebody's got to help him uh, get there, get to that point in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a close game. And then they could. Um you know, Drew needs to have a good mm-hmm. a good game. He can't have a Dylan Brooks 5 for 22 game. <laughs> uh, but excited. And I will go on the record and say whoever does win tonight's game goes on to win the series. Because math. Math. Yeah, man. Uh, final one. The only reason half the people are tuning in to today's <laughs> show, okay? During a recent appearance on the big podcast with Shaq, the big diesel sounded off on Gobert. Rudy Gobert, he said the three-time defensive of the player of the year had no chance of shutting him down. Now, he's, he was set up. By Spice Adams. <laughs> but. That's why they call him Spice. Yeah. Uh, Shaq said, give me a break. You know, he's not shutting me down. The Jazz Center, Rudy, he responded to O'Neal's assertion in the comment section, I would lock his ass <laughs> up, Gobert said on Instagram. These two have uh, had a, a little back and forth type mm. of beef for a couple of years now. But uh, the question is. Lee, you can get us started. Mm. I'm excited to hear your breakdown. True or false, Prime Shaq would destroy, it's a key word here, destroy Rudy Gobert one-on-one. I love seeing that question in the doc this morning because the games, the research was over pretty early, so it gave me some time to go on a YouTube uh, rabbit hole of Shaq. And my personal opinion of Shaq, I've got him top 10 of all time because for four or five years there from like 98 to 2003, four, most dominant player in the game, Without question. Yeah, we only got one MVP to show for it, but should have won a couple more. He got the three championships. And looking back at those championships, the finals, the first one against the Indiana Pacers, this is the the bigs that they had, the Pacers. Dale Davis, who was like 6'11 with traps, like (laughs) bigger than his head. Rick Smith, who was like 7'10". Derek (laughs) McKee, who was like a small 6'9". Sam Perkins, another small six foot nine, and Zanta Buck was on the. Uh, he got some uh, burn in that series. <laughs> well. He had fouls to give. Uh, exactly. That so could that's have been his second title. That's thirty fouls they had uh, basically to throw at Shaq, and just seeing him just like flick these guys out <laughs> like they're flies, bothering him at a uh, at a barbecued lunch there was incredible. Mm, barbecue sauce. <laughs> then against the uh, against the Sixers the next year it was Matombo, you know, multiple time Defensive Player of the Year, sort of draped all over him, and Shaq just like smashing over him, just spinning and twisting. Uh, Matt Geiger got some burn as well. Yeah. The oh, following nice year, <laughs> you remember who the New Jersey Nets uh, big man was? Todd. Todd. Oh, Todd. Pinball <laughs> wizard, baby. Pinball and Todd. Canadian so, pinball uh, wizard. So obviously Todd, you know, he, he had his work cut out for him there. <laughs> but even earlier, like 2001, before they got to the finals against the uh, uh, the Sixers there, they went up against Tim Duncan yeah. and David Roms, got swept. Uh, I mean, Shaq was just a bully and right. a menace. And I think he has actually lost a little bit of his place in, in, in the NBA. Uh, hierarchy? Uh, hierarchy, yeah. yeah. I, I have him, at like like I say, top 10 somewhere in that mix there because he was just a bully and a beast. And Rudy, I would compare, of those guys I mentioned, a mix of sort of a Matombo and a Rick Smith, sort of like a big, long, lanky guy. But ultimately, Shaq would have feasted on him as well. There's no way Rudy's doing anything more than uh, fouling out in those sort of games because Shaq was just incredibly athletic for a massive, massive dude. He was quick on those spins baseline. 
if there was a uh, like a missed shot, the amount of time Shaq sort of just like like King Kong Bundy when he used to wrestle those uh, the little guys, just push him out of the way, grab the ball, and smash it down on them like that. So uh, yeah, Shaq, he he was an incredible human uh, basketball player, an athlete, and uh, Rudy respect Rudy for his uh, Defensive Player of the Year awards, but he ain't touching Shaq. He ain't getting near prime Shaq. Where, where do you have Shaq on your list of incredible humans? Incredible, incredible human athletes, yeah. Uh, honestly, honestly, he is one of the highest because... Yeah, I agree. because Prime Shaq, yes. Because, I, you know, playing basketball, as, as we all did as kids here, if, sometimes there was a guy six foot two on the other team and it was like, all right, expose him because they, they were uncoordinated, they yeah. couldn't dribble, and it was like, even though he's tall, he can't do much else. So when you see a seven foot, a 300 and what, 30 pounds he was in Shaq, he's spinning and twisting and jumping like that. Incredible athlete. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, so you got Prime Shaq destroying Rudy. I mean, Prime Shaq destroying <laughs> virtually <laughs> anybody. You know, I, we never obviously really saw Bill Russell. I guess he's one of the better guys and, uh, you know, but that's it. I can't really think of any player in NBA history who would have been like, that guy's like, even Akeem Olajuwon who won the, the championship against Shaq. It's not like Akeem shut Shaq down. Right, Shaq right. was still very, very good in that series, but the Rockets were better than the Magic. Uh, one of the quotes Shaq had in this sort of back and forth or whatever you want to call it, uh, he said, quote, it's against my religion for someone to hold me one-on-one. <laughs> That's a great line. I take that personally. It's against my religion for someone to hold me one-on-one. I love that. Uh, Trey, but thoughts? Come on, son. All right. Not even close here. Rudy Gobert doesn't lock down the centers in the NBA right now. Joel Embiid against Rudy Gobert in his career, 23 points, 12 rebounds, 44% from the field. He met Nikola Jokic in the playoffs. Jokic went for 26, 8, and 5, shot 51% in that series. Carl Anthony Towns, lower on the totem pole, 22 points per game, 11 rebounds, 52% from the field. Also, Rudy Gobert would have to try and score on Shaq. Yeah, that's a problem. He maybe would get one basket. Maybe two. What's he going to do from the free throw line? They checked the ball up top. Rudy Gobert could not dribble it to the hoop with a guy guarding him. So I think this is 11-2. But I love that Rudy Gobert said it, and I would love to see this happen. Yeah, yeah. I think even Shaq, uh, in a follow-up, he was like, you know, he's got to say that. He's got to say it. I mean, I would... It was almost like I'm putting words in Shaq's mouth, but I'm paraphrasing, like... It would be worse if he doesn't say that he can take me in Shaq's mind. You know, that's what he sort of has to think. But, uh, yeah, the hypothetical one-on-one... Who are you leaning with? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's Shaq. I would have loved to see Prime Shaq against Prime Akeem. They didn't necessarily cross over, even though they met uh, in the '95 Finals. It was a young uh, Shaq. Yeah, it was too early. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't peak Shaq. Yeah, peak Shaq. Unfortunately, didn't live as long as we wanted. You know, we wanted a seven or eight year run rather than that yeah. short run. I mean, but hey, it's Shaq. That you know? that's why, in my opinion, he has sort of slipped on yeah. some people's all time rankings list because it's no secret that he didn't care a lot of the times, especially regular seasons. Like you know, well, he, when you looked at Shaq and you look at his numbers and even his accolades, you're like, he could have had more. Yeah, if I mean, he was doing a lot of other things, then when he needed to, he kicked ass. And I, but I think mm. people hold that. Rightfully or wrongfully against him. A little well, that's right. You go, yeah. well, he we only won one MVP, so how good was he? But he should have won. Did I do him in my uh, thing? I can't remember. But he should have had at least four or five. Oh, uh, wow, geez. And uh, Well, he, he definitely should have. From, from 99 to 2003, he should have won them all. Most I dominant. Mean, yes, um, for sure, for sure. I mean, I remember like a Paul Pierce saying like at All-Star Weekend, it was one of those questions like, who's the one player you could play with? And he's like, well, it's Shaq. I mean, who's picking anyone else apart from Shaq? 
right now. Um, and the championships, I mean, he won, well, he won four. He won three there in the prime Lakers years, but they definitely left one or two on the table because of uh, he and Kobe mm-hmm. not being able to gel there. So, um, but still, yeah, he, you know, I mean, he was the number one pick. I think he averaged 27 and 15 in his rookie season there. Uh, lived up to not the bad. hype quite well. And those those playoff years, not including the New Jersey one, he was like 30 and 15 on like 58% from the field, I think it was. Uh, uh, where is it? I've got it here. Th- uh, Even fi- just in the 0-1 finals, he was yeah. 33 and 16 on 58% <laughs> shooting <laughs> yeah. against Dikembe Mutombo, which yeah. is honestly a pretty solid comparison right. for Gobert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, he beats everybody. But there's an easy answer to this. There's a one-on-one league out there. Tracy McGrady has started a one-on-one league. There's uh, an article about it on The Athletic. That oh. I've got a clicked save stories from Mike Vorkanov writing about uh, Tracy McGrady saying that his sons don't watch basketball games, so he started a one-on-one league. Oh, boy. Well, Rudy versus Shaq. Wow, what a way to start the league. That's a pretty good way. <laughs> Do it. Okay, okay. Well, let's hear from everybody in the stream team, everybody watching later, everybody listening later. Uh, thoughts on... Uh, Prime Shaq, really, versus uh, current Rudy Gobert. How's it go down? What do you we got, got a pull-up right now. All right. What you got? Shaq versus Rudy, <laughs> oh, one-on-one. I, I don't if think it, this is going to be kind to Rudy If it's Gobert. not 100%, then... It's not. No, no, oh, it's, that's it's, good for Rudy. Yeah. 13% are okay. going Gobert wow. here. Okay. Wow. Could Didn't be, know we had that many jazz fans. Could yeah. be some yeah. joke votes being thrown around. <laughs> I think these are joke votes. <laughs> you never know. Can't yeah, do jokes. Tell what a joke is. Yeah, yeah, can't tell what's a joke. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> let's take our final break. When we come back, I teased it earlier. Back to Miami for Tweet of the Night. Don't go anywhere. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers. I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's start wrapping up today's show with a little tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Okay, tweet of the night actually tweets of the night. I'm going to tell you a little story here uh, with this segment. Uh, something that uh, I missed, at least, in the first couple of games in Miami. I'm not sure about you guys, but we did bring it up on the show. But in game one, we had a fan in Miami, at Bamonte Adebayo. He tweeted a pic that went pretty viral <laughs> of him there in the lower right portion of your screen, if you're joining us on YouTube, with the caption, and he's standing in front of the Sixers bench, got great seats, or he's down on the floor at least, I can confirm Doc was cooking up nothing in this timeout. <laughs> you know, a pretty simple tweet, but uh, it it, uh, it it took uh, Twitter by storm. It had like 70,000 likes. It's uh, just a, a funny little tweet. So they go on to win that game. Well, you know, Bamante is back for game two, and he was there again. He did it again. Went down, got his pick. You know, it worked the first time. He's still cooking up nothing. LOL. <laughs> there, there's Doc talking to the team. You see Harden. Uh, a couple people even looking at him uh, as he's yeah. taking that selfie. Um, so then that goes to Philly. They lose two games. Well, back in game five, I saw him in the crowd last night. Now, I didn't know who he was at first, and that's why I started doing the deep dive on uh, Bamonte. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he got a prop for game five. Got the apron. <laughs> He is still cooking up nothing, uh, and he had it on there. Now, I was interested, so I'm, now I'm really doing like a search of this guy's Twitter account uh, to find out, did he get a selfie in Game 5? It's been working, and, and they won. Well, he tweeted, nah, man, I was about to take that third selfie, and the security <laughs> goes, hey, 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 you're not going to do that selfie thing again. If you're going to go by here, just go straight through. So he unfortunately didn't get the selfie with Doc cooking up nothing. Uh, he said too in another tweet, like the Sixers, the Sixers, like their eyes were all on him, according to Bamonte. <laughs> that, you know, this was not happening again. But we end this little story time here with Tass, and this is where you come in. Oh. He tweeted this photo to you, who had a breakdown of, uh, I don't know the woman's name, but we call her a heat dress woman. I think her name is Rodmila. Okay, Rodmila, who you see sitting courtside now. She had the uh, jerseys. Uh, dress, I guess, for the heat, uh, red jersey dress in the first game, and then it was the white jersey dress in the second game, and then last night. So he found her and replied to you with this photo. Oh, I didn't see it. So just uh, the world's coming together here of uh, a couple, I guess, notable Heat fans at yeah. this point. And and uh, I, I think Miami's really got to try and get this guy to, to Philadelphia for game six to wrap up the series. I think he'd be willing on the road, yeah. to go yeah. in Philly. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he's built for this, I think. He's like he can take the heat. I think he needs to combine his powers with box out kids so he can box out security and get the photos. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. He, he needs a lackey. To so help him. I, I thought maybe games one and two that he his seats were right there, but again, my little deep dive suggests that he's sitting somewhere else and then goes down hmm. to the floor. He obviously has great seats, he's lower bowl, but goes down, then takes the <laughs> selfie and there you know, security wasn't having it in game five. So anyway, shout out to at Bamonte Adebayo. And the Heat, I saw having some fun with it too because they had a photo from one of the other games 
it was a photo of the heat bench and Spolster talking to the guys, and it said Spo cooking up yeah, something. That's right. Yeah, that's anyway, right. Yeah, it was pretty good. I missed it in games one or two. I don't know. Did you guys see this going around? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I thought originally that looks like a Photoshop of that first one of his face. <laughs> sure. on it. Yeah, yeah, it sort of does. Yeah, because it's so it pops so much. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, I don't know if that's real or not, but uh, yeah, look at <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it you does know. look Photoshop. Yeah, it looks like he's you on know. Twitch or something. Yeah, it's a great, yeah. it's a great <laughs> caption. I can yeah. confirm Doc was cooking up yeah. nothing at this time. It's so simple. See, I would have preferred going straight selfie no apron uh, he he blew his chance at the third selfie mm. when he wore Warren, the apron ooh, too yeah. much uh, yeah, too, too obvious much, yeah too that's obvious. probably a good point point. and I think the, the triptych of those selfies would have been much more impactful uh, to me yeah, personally yeah, 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 yeah. personally I wish he would have just stuck to the plan but you know he's thinking I got 15 minutes of fame maybe Ex- I'm selling exactly. some aprons that's here the yeah. that's the problem it wasn't yeah. about the trolling <laughs> it was about the, it was about, <laughs> it was about yeah, that apron it was money. about the apron <laughs> which I don't know if you can buy but uh, <laughs> oh, I bet you'll be able to I'll get one if you can uh, and then yeah and we had uh, the nice tie in there with your, the dress woman who I, kept it just like uh, simple she didn't more simple there, there was just a dress no, no jerseys involved in that dress <laughs> listen I say simple it was an elaborate dress so, I'd call it gorgeous very nice. Uh, Radmila Lolly, I believe her name is. She seems like she's a bit of a celebrity there. In, yeah. Uh, I mean, she is front row, so people seem to know her. Uh, and Mr. Uh, Bamante, <laughs> as, as he's called. Yeah, cooking up nothing. Some kid. great seats. He could have also had somebody taking a photo of him going by. I think part Maybe. of it, though, is, isn't it, like he wants to... He wants to do the selfie. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Oh, yeah. 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 What, do you, what do you mean? I don't understand what you mean. Well, there was, I, I, I actually saw footage of him walking down. Somebody saw him. Like, here he goes. He's going to go try and get the selfie. Oh, that. Yeah. Well, security <laughs> said, you know, you can't pull out your phone. Don't bring a selfie. But what if he walks by, turns really quickly, smiles to the camera that's taking a photo of him? Then, you know, it's not an ideal like that. ratio oh, for a selfie. But, you know, we could zoom in. But you got to, now he has to have somebody. Uh, sitting in one of those great seats behind the bench, is that what you're saying? That they could take the photo for him? Well, he's got to know Trust somebody. him with their phone. He's got to know somebody. Unlock the passcode and all that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he could call uh, the Serial Sign Center. In for <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that guy for a minute. No. Oh, yeah, Michael. Anyway. That's right. Uh, tonight's games, guys. Bucks, Celtics, Warriors, Grizzlies. We've already teed these up in uh, the last segment there. Playing a little true or false. But, uh, Lee, give me one bold prediction from these two uh, game fives tonight. Home team, home team. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you love... <laughs> that's always your bold prediction. Team, is always road or home team yeah. victories. I so. mean, I'm, I'm definitely pulling for the Grizzlies tonight. I want them to extend their okay. season. Nice. It's been fantastic. Tragic news, of course, that Jar's likely out no matter how long they're in the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the playoffs here. But it'd be great to see him live, and live to fight another day. Okay. Uh, bold prediction before we go. What do you got from either game? Uh, Bamonte is going to be there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's he cheering for? <laughs> Who's cooking up Who's nothing? Cooking up? Uh, the Grizz, for sure. So Taylor Jenkins is cooking up nothing? Or is Steve Kerr cooking <laughs> up nothing? Is Steve Kerr even back? Oh, Mike Brown cooking Ooh. up nothing. Yeah, I think oh. Mike Brown is coaching again right. tonight. Mike Brown so, yeah. cooking up nothing. <laughs> Take a selfie. <laughs> You'll get on the show tomorrow. <laughs> Just be careful with security. Trey, give me a prediction. Home team, road team. <laughs> Don't tell us who. That's <laughs> uh, a home team, road team. <laughs> yeah, I'm sticking with home team, road team. I think that's how it's going down. Uh, Celtics, Warriors uh, would be my choice okay. tonight. Now that Tass said it's going to be a blowout in Warriors Grizzlies, mm. I'm really hoping not. Yeah, I'm really too. hoping Me not. Too. But you could definitely see it going that way with the Warriors being like, we ain't messing around. Let's put this one in. 
to bed, get some rest here, and maybe we can get Gary Payton back in eventually. Well, I'll keep running back this prediction. It's got to happen at some point. Dylan Brooks, big game tonight from Canadian boy Dylan Brooks, keeping the Grizzlies alive. He's going to have a special, special game. Uh, It's going to take a lot of shots to get there, but more than half will go in tonight. Keep that bar low. All right? You don't think so, eh? No. You want to bet? You want to bet on it? So he has to go under fifty <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's the bet? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. All You're right. On. All right. Let's do Shake it. Shake it, it. Dylan Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's how we'll end the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at nodunks Inc. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com/slash nodunks. Check out no breaks if you haven't already. Get ready for no bus tomorrow. I heard you're filling in for TK tomorrow. So it's like late breaking news to me. It's also news to me. Oh, jeez. Well, you're in. I I hadn't mentioned it to him yet. But yeah, you're in tomorrow. What am I, a horse? You're the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Rich Strike over here. You better bring it. Like, what was his name? Rich Strike? Rich Strike, yeah. Rich Strike. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I'm a thoroughbred. There's an 80 to 1 odds and Tass won't be here for no buffs tomorrow. I'm going to lace your bets. Uh, anyway, no buffs coming tomorrow. It'll be uh, JD and I or Tass will also be joining us. So uh, keep an eye out for that. It's a good time to get in. Great time. There's only three episodes left. That's crazy. That's wild. It's crazy to me. Wild. I hope it never ends. <laughs> so there's you, seven, do you think there's Jeff Probst people. is like a Scott Foster shows. trying to get it to go seven? <laughs> I, I no, know no, he knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probes is like a Foster, Scott Foster. Oh. He's trying to like get the the season to go long. Scott Foster. <laughs> yeah, what'd you Sir, say? I thought you said Sir Foster. <laughs> I was like, what? Sir Foster <laughs> went viral too. What? On uh, Bleacher Report, I think, or House of Highlights, one of them. Um, there's a clip of him. You know how he films himself while he's doing the keyboard? Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, the thing is, like, when you forget you're working or something, it may have been during the game three where the Hawks were. Right actually playing oh, well coming okay. back and he's like the clip is like he's like cheering like crazy and he's like high-fiving people that he's like he realizes like uh. he's gotta be like on the organ <laughs> 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 that's pretty funny shout out to sir foster shout out to scott foster not as much <laughs> shout out to jeff probes absolutely clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember Heat fan Bamonte Adebayo is not related to Bam Adebayo. <laughs> you don't know what jokes are these days, so I had to clarify. <laughs> and uh, Trey is watching the Sir Foster clip. And, it's good, uh, actually. It's, it looks it's pretty good. funny. Uh, I'm just imagining the tunes he's playing. Oh, it says plays defense. 100,000 views, though, for the Sir. Hey, man. That's fine. Get back on it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. Embrace the day, people.